Hello, I'm Chris Brown, Fleet Group Editor at Bobbitt. And welcome to the next episode of Fast Forward Interview Series. In this episode, I connect with Jay Collins, Wex's Senior Vice President and General Manager of EV and Mobility. For fleets looking to electrify, Jay and I discuss the factors to consider for setting up and managing home charging. Okay, well, everyone, welcome to uh, this edition of Fast Forward uh, Video Series. Uh, today, I'm with Jay Collins. Wex's SVP and GM of EV and Mobility. Welcome, Jay. Chris, thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. I appreciate yeah. you having us to, to talk about uh, EV and sustainability. EV and sustainability, and we're going to kind of drill down on a topic that uh, as uh, these fleets kind of embark on, on uh, electrification would be take home vehicles, right? Uh, it's a big sec section in fleet, and when you've got EVs, they're going to have to take them home and they're going to have to charge them. A lot of issues to get to. Um, why don't you start with an opening uh, idea on how we should approach um, charging at home? Yeah, you know, Chris, you, you referenced something I think is really important there, right? There, there's a lot of things to consider, right? And I'd say that uh, after 39 years in the fleet industry, amassing a portfolio of nearly 12 million vehicles, uh, we've done that by listening to our customers, listening to the challenges they're facing and, and creating solutions that work for them. Um, we're committed to sustainability. We don't see this as a fad. Um, and as a result, we're listening and learning to our customers. And I and can say, I'd love to say the road to home charging is paved. It's not, it's far from it. There's still a little bit of dirt road ahead of us here, uh, but I think we can work together and figure it out and make it a very workable solution. Uh, but that's not to say that it's, that, you know, it's immediately as simple as the new appliance being a level two home charger, being like a toaster where you can just take it on and plug it in. There are many things to consider. Yeah, there is. Well, hey, let's get into it. I mean, so, I mean, you know, there are so many different home scenarios uh, around the world in the U.S. Um, I mean, so that that the experience of getting that home charging in there varies greatly. I mean, so what are the, some of the first things uh, fleets need to think about? Yeah, you know, and Chris, I'd say, you know, this time of year, maybe, maybe the best uh, phrase to use is, um, do your homework, right? Like hearing it a lot around the house these days, and I think it's probably uh, applicable here, which is really understanding uh, where the vehicle is going to charge, you know, having a charging plan. And then from there, understanding the readiness. If home charging is part of that, understanding the readiness. There are simple ways to do it. You can survey your employees in advance, you know, basic questions. Do you own the home? Do you have a garage? Do you have 200 amp service, right? Uh, it's not... Um, you know, the next vehicle we need to replace, let's just buy an EV. It really is a case of where's where's the optimal place to put an EV into our fleet based on the readiness. So if home charging is there, you can then do an assessment before say ordering the vehicle. And that becomes important because what we've experienced is that um, the readiness of the home can differ greatly in terms of uh, installation. So simply, you know, buying the box, uh, the, the wall unit is one thing to consider. Standard installation is great, but what if there's a significant upgrade? And we can talk about that a little bit more, but I'd say the right use case into the right situation is what's gonna give the best first experience from an EV perspective. So, you know, I'd say single family, home that's ready with, with modern service, great scenario. Multifamily, you know, units, not, not really there yet. We don't have, you know, great solutions that we're seeing to be able to track uh, and manage those, those costs. Yeah, so 220 volts, I mean, um, that's sort of baseline, right? Right. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 200 amp service coming into the house right. because you're likely going to have to install uh, a 60 amp circuit. You know, would, would be the would be the best. Some some solutions require a higher higher circuit. Uh, some can take a smaller circuit, but that just impacts your charging time. Yeah. Sure. Um, so okay. Um, financing uh, the installation costs, then handling the cost of the chargers. How should fleets look at that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's three pieces to it, and I alluded to them earlier. There's the cost of the charger itself, so let's call the the wall box, right? There's the installation of the charger, and let's say that's a standard installation. It's a fairly straightforward process, and then there's the potential upgrades that might need to occur to a home, and that's why doing uh, the the work up front to assess the situation is best because if you can keep it into the first two, it's fairly straightforward. You know, we can finance a box, you know, to, you know, to, to, to go on the wall. They're not in, that they're not that expensive um, and actually can, you know, employees, employers are giving their employees a stipend and a small amount of money to to install the box itself. That's different if they come to a conclusion where the home needs a significant upgrade. And then that question becomes, does the employer want to fund a home improvement project? Does, is the, does the employee have the financial wherewithal to do it at this point in time? And the last thing you want to do is have an EV sitting in the driveway and realizing that you're facing a ten dollars or $15,000 upgrade to the home just to have the service ready. And we've seen experiences like that. So, you know, understanding that ahead of time is really important to deploy the EV to the right location. Um, and so I'd say, you know, one important thing for employers to consider is if you're going to pay for a box to be installed in an employee's home, if you're going to pay a stipend for standard installation, you should have some agreement with the employee on a clawback. If, if they depart midway through, uh, you should have some way to say, it's our discretion if we wanna, if we wanna retrieve uh, the unit or if we wanna uh, uh, get some money back for uh, the investment that we put in the home. Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, fleet managers have that issue, like, you know, um, that they just sunk two grand or more in into that and and they're going to basically take you know like like hold on to that but not necessarily i mean you can it's an appliance that you can come and grab from the home which you know it's right into the agreement as you said right you you can uh, you know the, the cost the cost of the unit itself is probably not such that you know depending on how long the employees had it you may just say keep it um it really comes down to that broader question of if there was an upgrade to the home needed and the employer got involved in some way of doing that. So we'd say keep it to uh, the employer funds the unit, funds the standard installation, but not necessarily the significant upgrade to the home. That is that is should be in the employee's uh, area of responsibility. That's a really good distinction, Jay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about home chargers. I mean, you know, they're not all the same. Um, but they do they automatically determine like the optimal power for the specific vehicle being charged? Are they smart, dumb? Uh, what do you say to that? Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're they're a little smarter than dumb, if that's the way to phrase it. They're not entirely dumb chargers, but they're not that smart that they can pick up from the vehicle itself what the optimal configuration would be. There are some exceptions, of course, Tesla, right? You know, that that, that charger knows that vehicle, but that's uh, more the exception these days. Most of the OEMs, the, the uh, vehicle manufacturers uh, are different from the manufacturers of the charging devices themselves. And so therefore it is most common that you would have to do some configuration. Um, you know, plus you have to consider the, the right size circuit for the charger itself, right? Some chargers have different requirements. I know, you know, Ford has a higher an 80 amp requirement versus some of the others that are 60 or 50. Pretty easy stuff when you're doing the install to, to get that piece right. 
and then you use a simple software app to say, okay, you know, um, here's the battery size of the vehicle or the VIN of the vehicle, and it'll tell you the right, opt you know, the optimal settings for the charger. It also gives you the ability to set things in place, like don't charge until after peak times, right? So you can do peak shaving and say, don't kick in until 9 p.m. because we don't want to pay double the rate for charging at home, um, when one of the greatest benefits is how cost-effective it is. Yeah, okay, yeah, good points. Um, yeah, I mean, how does a fleet manager know it's like their vehicle that's being charged and that the, the data is coming off the charger? Uh, again, smart, dumb question. Um, yeah, no, and that's actually, that's a that's a great question because the reality of it is they don't. From, from the charger itself, uh, the charger isn't necessarily, aside from providing um, energy uh, to, the, to the battery, it's not really picking up any information like the vehicle identification number or something like that. So that's where we have to come at it from the vehicle to say this charge went into this vehicle. So it's going to be a combination of the charger itself and the vehicle itself that really create that control that our customers look for in the commercial space. You know, if this is personal use, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But if it's a commercial application, fleet managers want to know that it was their vehicle uh, that took the energy that they're paying for. Sure. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Can a can a fleet manager like know like um, you know that what they've got ten vehicles being charged that one is being charged and one isn't? Like, um, is that on an app that they can use on their desktop or their phone or? So if you had a depot scenario uh, where, yeah. you know, where vehicles were coming to the same location, the answer to that's yes. Yeah. Um, the, I have not yet seen an app where they can pull together how many of their vehicles are charging at the home. It's, we haven't heard a request for it, um, you know, uh, and, and haven't seen it at this point in time, but certainly in a depot scenario, they can. Okay. Yeah. So um, when we get into uh, onboarding, sort of the customer experience would be the, the fleet driver. Um, you know, uh, this is new to them. Um, what do you tell them that they're gonna have to be doing that's different? Uh, you know, you're gonna get a box installed, you're gonna have to charge that vehicle, but you know, what's, um, uh, what does the employee have to do, the extra tasks they have to do with the home charging experience? Yeah, and I'd say those fall into two categories, right? There are those one-time tasks, which are, are, you know, the installation, the configuration and things like that. And then there are the ongoing tasks. And, and quite frankly, the ongoing tasks are, are pretty straightforward, right? Plug it in, unplug it. But I'd say there's also an important one in there, which is making sure that the employee is and the employer are comfortable with the reimbursement rate, right? So there are tools that we can use from a zip code rate checker, creating a bit of a buffer to make sure that the employee is being compensated for any, you know, there is going to be a little bit of line loss in there. So, and making sure that there's an agreement between the employer and the employee on the rate. You don't want to have a situation where a year down the road, someone is saying, oh, wait a minute, I, I wasn't getting compensated enough for the energy that I was using. So, um, you know, upfront one-time situations, uh, followed by ongoing, it is pretty simple once once you've got one installed. So I'd say, you know, the process of the hot new appliance being the level two charger, um, yeah, it takes a little more work than simply plugging it in, but once it's in, it is it is pretty straightforward. The only scenario I can think about moving forward in one room, which is, you know, sometimes you have to reboot your router, um, you know, there may be a time when you need to reboot the level two charger. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but I suspect situations will occur. Um, and one final thing that uh, we're learning that from some folks haven't uh, considered in the process, you know, a lot of folks installed a charger on the outside wall of a garage, which isn't within range of a Wi-Fi uh, device, ah. uh, so they can pick it up. And, and that's how we're gab grabbing the information off of it. So um, I think it's important to make sure that there's a, a reasonable enough signal uh, reaching the charger so that information can be grabbed. 
Yeah, yeah, really good point. And the reimbursement point um, is uh, really obviously very prevalent here too. Um, so, you know, let's let's just talk about, I mean, the, the benefits. This, this is more of an onboarding with the drivers, right? I mean, we got to tell them what the real benefits are uh, for charging at home and what the benefits to the fleet and the organization are. Yeah, in this situation, I'm just going to go with some personal experience, right? And that is, um, it seems like when I get in my internal combustion vehicles at home, the rest of the family thinks if the orange lights on, that means you're at home. And it always seems like the first trip is to the gas station, right? Um, with the EV, every morning when I get in, it's got a full battery. And it, it is, you know, the amount of times I now hit a fast charging location are really only on long trips. It's It really, uh, it makes it much more convenient to wake up every morning uh, with a full tank of fuel for a lack of a better uh, better analogy here. Um, and so I'd say that that is first and foremost, a great value of home charging for the employee, right? It, you know, um, and the other part is that it's reliability. You're not out there searching for chargers. You're not, you know, you're, you, every morning you're getting in, it's got a full battery uh, and maybe on a long day, you're having to hit a fast charger, but that, that's a pretty straightforward process. Um, it's the reliability of it being at home. You, you, you plug it in, it works, right? And the other part I'd say, and this is less to the employee, but more to the employer, and that's the cost savings. Right? I mean, if, if you do some really broad stroke math on a fast charger, maybe it's 15 cents per mile if you count, you know, count everything in on a standard you know, vehicle. Um, and those are broad strokes. Let's use a regular internal combustion engine you know, at 20 miles a gallon. Maybe that's 20 cents a mile at $4 a gallon. Right? If, you, if you play that across, 15 cents against 20 cents isn't very big. But if you're charging at home, it's two or three cents. That would be the difference, you know, driving around and seeing a, a placard out in front of one fuel location saying $4 a gallon, another one saying $1 a gallon, less than a dollar. You, you don't see that spread in the marketplace. And it gives fleet managers the ability to control their costs in a way they've never been able to uh, in an internal combustion world. Yeah. Yeah, really good points. Hey, Jay, listen, thank you for filling us in. Um, this is a, a path for fleets that really needs to be addressed. And uh, I think we got some good learnings out of it. So I appreciate you being on a fast forward video series. And, you know, Chris, uh, thank you for, for having uh, Wex on and, and, and sharing our experiences. And I'd say none of these challenges are insurmountable, right? They're all, they're, they all can be addressed. Uh, and we see the value to the planet and to our customers' bottom lines. And we think it's well worth it. So thank you Great. for having us on and having this conversation. Absolutely, Jay, thank you so much. Thank you.